Amen. Um, if you got your Bible, we're going to go to uh, the book of Psalms today. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 40. Now, um, some of you guys have heard me talk before um, about, I, I, I love music, our family, we're, we love uh, all kinds of music. We were sitting around at my mom's house on Friday night, had our phones out, and we were just kept playing songs, and we were playing Name That Tune. You know, it was basically me and my sister, and uh, I, you, you can blame all my love for rock music on my sister, okay? And so there's my fault, there's my, my fault, I know, and you're not supposed to, but I blame it on my sister Krista. And uh, we sat around, and we were just playing different songs from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and trying to say, you know, we'd play part of it and say, name that, that song or name that band, right? And so, you know, she, she was pretty good, and Cannon, Cannon was in on it. Uh, my, our youngest son, Kobe, Kobe is, uh, he, he, lo- he was not there. Yes, I know that. Uh, but he's, he's a, got a love for music, and he, he's got his playlist, right? And there are some old songs that, uh, while we were on our vacation, there were some songs that came on that, like, from the 50s. And I'm like, and I start hearing him singing all the words from the back seat. And I'm just like, how do you know this, right? And, and so we love music around our house. And when one of my, my favorite bands is uh, U2. Anybody, you, you, you like U2, okay? So in 1983, they released an album called The War Album. And um, it was uh, an album that was written uh, basically in response to a lot of the conflict that the world was experiencing in 1982, and so the band members really felt that. Bono really felt uh, that this was a response to everything that was happening politically, everything that was happening uh, in the conflicts around the globe, especially in their home of Ireland, uh, that there's a lot of conflict there. And so uh, some of the songs that, that were written uh, made it on this this album war that maybe you know Sunday Bloody Sunday some of you guys may know that New Year's Day those are some of the more, more popular ones but there was a song that was the actually the last song that was added to this album they had been working on this album and they needed one more song and they had worked all night long and their time in the studio was running out uh, they had been up all night it was about 6 a.m. And they had to have one more song to complete this. And the song 40 uh, became the last song that got added to the, to the War album. And actually 40, song 40 became the song that they would end their concerts with. And so throughout uh, many of the concerts in the 80s and going in, into the 90s, uh, they would end their concerts with the song 40. Now, I don't know if you guys know the song 40. Anybody you know the song 40? Uh, good. I want to play that for you this morning. So just for a few minutes, and I'm probably going to ruin our YouTube by doing this, but go ahead and play that, that video if you will.
Okay. Now that you've heard, anybody have ever heard that song before? No. Oh, okay. A few, a few of you heard the song. Okay. And so now um, that <laughs> you've heard the song, I, I went and I was just looking at a lot of the comments that were made. And you would see people making comments like, I remember seeing them back in the 80s, and I remember walking out of the concert singing this song, and, and people were singing this song together, and, and it was like a religious experience. And I just kind of chuckled as I'm reading some like the comments over and over and over the same comments because this is how they ended their concert, right? And so I want us to go to Psalm chapter 40 because that's where they got their song. That is how they ended the album war. They had one last song that they had to add. And what Bono did was he went to the Bible and um, being a good Catholic boy, he, would, he went and uh, he went to the Psalms and he pulled Psalm 40 and they put it to, uh, to music. And this is, this is what ended their album was, was the song 40. But it is Psalm 40. It is a Psalm of David. And I want to read this uh, to where this is what they said. This is, this is what was said about this song. It says, the chorus repeats the question, how long to sing this song? Now, you don't see that in Psalm 40, but that's going to be in another psalm that we're going to read here in just a second. So you hang on to that. So they, that they repeat the question, how long to sing this song, which, could, is, which is interpreted as the speaker's expression of exhaustion and weariness from their struggles. Anybody ever felt like that? How long? How long have I got to put up with this? How long have I got to walk through this? How long have I got to do this? Right? And he goes on and it says, and it also represents the speaker's desire to keep singing praises to the Lord, even in times of difficulty and hardship. Psalm 40, it's a Psalm of David, beginning in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I think it's amazing that people would go out of the stadiums Singing this song, not realizing that they were singing scripture, right? That's kind of a bait and switch. You, you get it? And, and so it, it, to me, when I start thinking about the psalm and I think about what it, uh, it, really, it really means, I, I, I have times it resonated with that message. How long, God? How long do you have to deal with this? How long are we going to have to walk through this? How long are we going to have to see tragedy? How long are we going to have to see uh, evil in the world? How long are you going to have to put up with this stuff, God? How long? How long? And that is a cry. We, we started a series last week called TikTok. And TikTok just talking about God's timing. And, and sometimes God's timing is difficult for us. Uh, when it comes to time, sometimes God's timing can be difficult to calculate, Right? Sometimes it's difficult for us to calculate, God, what are you doing? How are you setting this up? When are you going to show up, God? When are you going to do something about this, God? When are you going to come through on your promise, God? Anybody ever get, you, you just kind of have a promise that you feel like God made you, right? You have a promise that you've been holding on to, things that you've been holding on to in Scripture. And so how long, God, how long is it going to be? So when God makes a promise, he many times will fulfill that promise through a process. 
And we are an immediate uh, culture. We like things to happen right away, right? Uh, how many of y'all like things to happen right away? I'm not getting over with this message, you know, quick enough for some of you guys. Like, come on, Pastor, speed it up, right? You know, it's amazing because I grew up, how many of you guys grew up with microwave popcorn? You know, you'd wait four minutes. We have cut that in half because four minutes was too long to wait for our popcorn to pop. Now we have two minutes, and actually some up cooks even faster than that, pops faster than that, and if you keep it in there for two minutes, it's going to burn. And so we have we have gotten it down, and we're people who don't like to wait. We are not a waiting culture. We are an immediate gratification type of people. We want it now. We want to see it now. So, God, if you're going to do something, I need you to step in and do it right now. And if God doesn't do it, Sometimes we, we, we begin to wonder, where are you at, God? Have you left? Are you there? Are, are you even real? We start asking a lot of questions. And we're not unlike the psalmist. That's why I love the psalms, because the psalms have a lot of emotion. Um, you know, sometimes it seems like Christianity, we try to boil it down to intellect. We try to boil it down to, uh, we've been going through creeds and all these statements of faith, and those are good. I'm not, I'm not you know, saying there's anything bad with those. We need those. We have to be intellectual people. We have to engage our brain. But that doesn't mean that we stop being emotional. It doesn't mean that we stop engaging God with our emotions as well. Actually, we've, we've got to do both. We engage God with our intellect, and we engage God with our emotions. And so when we get to the Psalms, it's, it's uh, for me, it shows me it's like this is, this is David just pouring out his heart. And he's showing, hey, I'm, I'm going to put my, my feelings on my sleeve. I'm going to show you what I feel like. And so this, this question when you get to, I waited patiently for the Lord. And, and I want to read it, in, uh, if you can put it up uh, in the message. I just want to read that first part in the message. I waited and waited and waited for God. Anybody ever, that, that seems more kind of like your speed. Yes, I have felt that, you're right. Then when it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, kind of gives you that, that kind of that, well, I was sitting there, I was, I was being patient, I was being good. No, this right here captures the tone for me. I waited, and I waited, and I waited for God. And, and at last, he looked, and finally, he listened, right? You ever felt like that? You ever felt like God, when, when you finally have acknowledged me and you stepped in? And so... They sing this, this song, they, they say this phrase, how long? How long is it going to be? Psalm 13 is another psalm that I want us to read today because I think it's very appropriate. And I want to read this entire uh, psalm. It's one of the shortest psalms, um, but it, it, it is a psalm of lament. And to lament means to weep, right? Or there's a plea in it. And if you've ever had a plea, you're like, God, it's like, please, God, please, I'm pouring out my heart to you. This is my plea. This psalm moves from plea to praise. It moves the gamut. And that's how many of these psalms do. They move from plea to praise. They move from one place to another. Hey, there's lights. All right, there you go. If you were wondering where everyone was at, here you are. So I guess we got gremlins in the system today. Um, and, and so... I want to read this to you, and it says this. It says, and this is another psalm of David. And David, David writes, he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? 
How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? You feel that, right? How long shall my enemy, my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light my eyes, and lest I shall sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But this is how he goes from saying how long to this. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see that? You see how he moves from one emotion all the way through the gamut from plea to praise. And many, many times I've done that. I have moved from, God, where are you at? To, I want to give you praise for who you are. And, it, and it's appropriate. It's appropriate that we find this, this movement in the Psalms. And this, this word, um, how long, this little phrase, in the Hebrew, this is what it means. It is ad anai, ad anai. How long? And it is not really asking for information. Sometimes we're like, you know, we're saying, how long are you going to be? Because we got to go. We're going to be late, you know, for dinner, right? How long? Because I'm wanting to know. I want you to know, when can we leave, right? And I don't ask it like that. I used to. I got in trouble. So I, I, got, I got smarter, and I've stopped asking questions like that. Um, but I'll say, at what point will you be ready to go, you know? <laughs> uh, how long? How long? You know, so it's not asking for information. He's not asking for data. The difference in this is it is a statement about relationship, and you know what that is because there have been plenty of times where you've looked at somebody and you said, how long? How long am I going to have to do, do this? How long are we going to go through this? And you know what? You're not really asking for data. You're not really asking for information. What you are expressing is frustration, Right? That's, that's, what's, that's what's coming through. It is a statement about relationship, and that's what David is saying. How long? He's a little bit frustrated, right? You say, can you do that with God? Can you be a little frustrated with God? Apparently, David was. David expressed some frustration. Actually, if you go read it throughout the Psalms, there's all kinds of emotions, and even through the prophets, they pour out their complaint to God. And you say, wow, can we do that? Can we complain to God? Some of you do it a lot. It's all right. You could be a prophet on your own, right? You're complaining so much. And, and, and so we do. We pour out the gamut of, of emotion. And we see, uh, we see in Psalm 40 and we see right here in Psalm 13. That's like, how long? How long are we going to have to do this? And see, we find that God works in the process. I do believe that. I believe that God is a God that can do things very quickly. That God is the God who says, yes, I will heal blinded eyes. I will release you from whatever that is. Yes, I am the God that can work miraculously and work instantaneously. But he's also the God who works in the process. And we see that in the very beginning of the Bible. If you go read Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 shows a God that does what? He works in a process. There's a process of creation. There's a process of order. There's a bringing things into order. And so this shows me, first off, that God is a God of order and God is a God of process. And we find that God works in the process. Yes, he does miracles, but God is a God of processes. And although God's promises are certain, his processes can be challenging. Anybody ever been in a process? 
Have you ever heard somebody ever just say, just trust the process? Just trust the process. I'm not going to tell you today to trust the process. I'm going to tell you to trust the God of the process. That's what I want to tell you. There's a big difference. I think there's a big, big, big difference here. To trust the God of the process. To trust the God who has not left you, who has not ignored you, who is there, who sees you, who loves you, who takes account of everything that you do, everything that you say, every tear that you cry, every plea that you let out, every sigh that just sometimes is just the entire prayer itself. He takes all that in, and that doesn't escape his notice. He is the God who works in the process. And that's what the Psalms show me. That's what the Psalms tell me. And so Psalm 13, when he gets there, he says, he says, how long, O God, how long will you forget me forever? He's just being very honest. And there's something that he says here, and there's, there's two words. So, so sometimes we miss things in Hebrew, and there are two Hebrew words, two more Hebrew words I want to give you. And uh, in this chapter that we read here, it is... The, the word for sorrow and the word for rejoice. And they sound alike in the Hebrew. And so we don't pick up on this when we read it in English. But in, in the Hebrew, when you read it, you're supposed to pick up on this wordplay. You know how, how we sing songs and all these, these lines, sometimes they rhyme. This is kind of what you're, you're supposed to be picking up on when you're, when you're reading this psalm that there is this this, uh, this almost this kind of this uh, rhythm that, that is taking place here. And there's this word play that is going on. And it is the words here for Yagun and Yagal. Yagun and Yagal. And so David is writing, and he says in verse 2, he says, How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? And what he's saying is this, is like, God, how long has my heart got to be sorrowful when it is, it is looking for direction in my soul. How long, God? My soul is, is directing me. My emotions are informing me that things are bad. My emotions are telling me that things just aren't good right now. And so, God, how long do I have to have my emotions informing my heart that it is filled with sorrow? And so that is the word, yagun. But then you get down to this part where in verse 5, he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. And that is the Hebrew word has said. And that is a great word study to go do. I promise you that that is a, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful word has said. Steadfast love, loyal love, long love, the, the love of, of a faithful love. He says, I have trusted in your faithful love, your steadfast love. And my heart shall what? Yagal. Where my heart earlier was Yagoon, now my heart is Yagal. And what's the difference there? The difference is when you get down to these two little letters, and it's the noon, which is the N at the end of Yagoon. The noon in Yagoon, right? What does the noon mean? They, they all, the, he, I love Hebrew because it is, a, it is a language that each character almost has a picture related to it. And the N, that noon there, is, um, it, it is a picture of a fish. And so if you think about a fish, what does a fish do? A fish will swim along with the stream, right? If the stream's running, running downstream, what, where's the fish going? It's going downstream, right? Unless you're salmon and you're going upstream. But it, 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 it's, it's following the stream. And it almost has this idea that I am being carried along by the stream. And you know what? Sometimes I think it's a beautiful picture because I think sometimes that's what our emotions do. 
And sometimes that's what we allow our emotions to do to us. We get carried along with our emotions. Anybody get caught up in your emotions? How many of you, you made the worst decisions based on your emotions? Come on, somebody. Not just me. Yes, yes, come on. I should have got an amen from about everybody who's breathing. We make bad decisions sometimes based on our emotions. That is Yagoon. Yagoon means that I am just caught up. And that's what he says. He says, I am feeling sorrow because my, my heart is being informed by my emotions, and I feel it right now, God. So how long are you going to just watch me? How long, how long before you step in, God? But then he moves to this place where he stops letting his heart be informed by his emotions. And it changes. It goes from plea to praise. When he begins to praise, his heart begins to be informed by something else other than emotion. His heart begins to be informed by Yagal. I'll rejoice. Why can I rejoice? Because I trust the Lord. Because this is what it says, but I trusted in your steadfast love. I'm not moved along by emotion anymore. I'm not, I'm not just letting my entire life be pointed by emotion. Now I am trusting in who you are, God. I trust you. And I am moved from Yagoon to Yagal. And this last letter here, it is Lamed. This L in English is Lamed in, in Hebrew. And what it gives is the picture is this, is that is the picture of a hand being raised up toward heaven. Do you see that? How the L, it's almost like an arm or a hand just being raised up. That's the picture that you're supposed to get. And that is the picture that says, I trust you. I trust you. And I'm going to give you praise. And I'm going to speak praise. And you're going to change the direction of my life. And even though I'm singing this song, how long? I'm informed and my heart is informed by my trust and not just my emotions. So guys, this is it. God's not going to ask you to believe in a contradiction. But he will ask you to trust him in the conflict. God's not going to ask you to say, hey, this, this contradiction of you say you're the God who's going to show up, where are you at? He is the God who will show up. Sometimes it's not always our timetable, right? It's not always, it doesn't always look like we want it to, when we want it to. But what he does ask us to do is, even in this conflicted moment, God, I'm conflicted about what's going on and where you're at and what's happening. Anybody just look at the world sometimes and you're conflicted? How can there be so much? God, where are you at? Even in the conflict. He says, I want you to trust me. Even in the conflict, even when it seems like a, <laughs> a contradiction in terms that, God, you created this world, you love us, but yet here we are and we're dealing with this mess all over again. Where are you at? Trust me in the conflict. God's work is worth the wait. God's work is worth the wait. So that's when it comes to time and we talk about the, in this series what time looks like and the tick-tock of the clock and um, just how things pan out, how things sometimes don't pan out on our timetable. And we want to hear, God, where are you at? God, where are you at? And what he wants us to remember is this, that I am the God that you can trust me even when you're conflicted, even when it seems like things are just a mess all around. Trust me. Trust me in this moment. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your family. Trust me with your future. So many of us, we can look back and say, man, I, I've seen God where you've shown up in my past. Anybody? Has God ever shown up for anybody in your past? 
And how many of you can say, I've got something to look forward to? Because the same God that was in my past is the same God that's in my future. The same God who brought me from where I was at is the same God who's creating the future for me. He is creating a place for me. He is working in my present, and he is working to create a future for me. He is the God who is worth the wait. I want you to stand with me. Ask somebody to come play. Because I do believe that God's work is worth the wait. But do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God's work is worth the wait? So this is what I want you to do. I just want you to just close your eyes just for a second. I just want you to close your eyes just for a second. I just want you to ask that question, God, where are you working in my life? God, where are you working in my life? Where does it seem like you're absent in my life? Where does it seem like I've just got that question, how long, God, how long, how long, how long? God, help me to know that even in the middle of the conflict, even in the middle of these things that press in on me, that I can trust you. Is that anybody here this morning? You want to know him that way? You've got to know him that way. You're desperate to know him that way. So with your heads just... Eyes closed, heads bowed. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. You said, that's me. I want to know to tr- I want to learn to trust him that way. I want to learn to trust him that way. So, Lord, with our hands lifted, we are people who are declaring in all honesty that we have frustrations, and we have questions. And sometimes it's not that we need data information, sometimes it's just we're expressing our frustration. Sometimes our hearts are broken. Sometimes we're just confused and we don't know exactly what to do, where to turn. So Lord, when we're surrounded and encompassed by all this, I pray Lord that you would meet us here. I pray that you would meet us in this moment just to remind us that you are the God that we can trust.